Hello, everybody, and welcome to And Solskjaer Has Won a Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Smith. Tonight, we're going to be chatting about Man United's recent return to form after victories over both Newcastle and PSG. I think a lot of United supporters have had these false dawns. You have things go a little bit yeah, your way, and then suddenly you have a 6-1 defeat to Spurs. I obviously haven't uh, done a, a podcast since that uh, preview we did, because I won't lie, my heart was a little sore. <laughs> a 32-year-old man who gets upset about Man United losing, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty normal. But um, what we've seen post-Newcastle and PSG is a team that maybe looks like they're returning back to fitness. It's a point I touched on a couple of weeks ago about the fact that United haven't really had a preseason. We had the Europa League and effectively there was a week off for the players and they had one week before they started the Premier League. That is not enough time to prepare. And what we've seen, I think, since Newcastle and since the international break is that a team... It's a team that looks like they're a little bit more prepared, a little fitter, and a little bit more raring to go than they were at the beginning of the season. I mean, we saw results out of uh, City, results out of Bayern Munich. Teams had gone quite far in the Champions League, um, respectively, and they also struggled to, to kind of get going. So I think there's a little bit of a little bit of that um, in terms of how United started the season. But I think ultimately, what will prove that argument right or wrong? is how the next three fixtures go because the next three fixtures are incredibly important. We have Chelsea on the weekend, which is a massive, massive game. Although it is at home, so that's at least a positive. We then play um, Leipzig at home as well next week and then we finish off the week with a trip to Arsenal. I lie, I lie. Not on purpose, a mistake lie. We finish the the week off with Arsenal coming to Old Trafford and, and us playing against them. I think if we get some positive results and some positive momentum out of those games, I think the we can actually have a little bit of optimism about about the season ahead. And I've spoken about it a couple of weeks and maybe even a couple of months ago about the fact that I'm still quite optimistic about this United squad and this team. It looks like the players are playing for Solskjaer. Um, and while I've said I've said this many times before, Solskjaer may not prove to be the guy to take United. Uh, back to the Premier League title or the Champions League title. But what he may be is the guy before the guy because the base that he's created is infinitely better, younger, and hungrier than teams of Mourinho, Moyes, and Van Gaal. So, I mean, if we look at that side, they're so, so young and there's so much talent and players are starting to come back to form. One Bissaka against PSG looked like his old self again. Thank goodness. Uh, Twan Xavier, who hadn't played in 10 months, was unbelievable. I mean, there's been so much stuff written about him, so I'm not going to kind of uh, repeat that, but whoa, he looked so good. And we've spoken about it so many times, and so many United supporters have spoken about this. You need someone with pace alongside either Lindelof or Harry Maguire. And with Twan Xavier, we have that. My only fear with him is his injury record. Um, he's still quite a young guy, and hopefully he's growing out of that. But I mean, last season, he was out for pretty much the whole season. And uh, the season before that he was at Villa, had an incredibly good season, but then he missed the last part of it with injury. So if he can stay fit, I think he looks a proper, proper, proper player. He's physically unbelievable, but also on the ball, technically brilliant, but also absolutely such a cool head. He's just so calm 
and uh, composed. I mean, if we had him alongside Harry Maguire and he stayed fit, I think I think that looks pretty pretty promising. So I mean, there's a lot of positives with with this United team, I, I think. And again, is this going to be another false dawn, which you've had many, 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 many times over the last six to seven years? Potentially, but I still think we are absolutely heading in the right direction. When we look at the players that have gone out, the players that have come in, the average age of the squad, the hunger of the squad. And I mean, even last season, it wasn't our greatest, but we still finished third. We came semifinals of the Europa League, semifinals of the FA Cup, semifinals of the of the Carabao Cup. If you look at, and I was thinking about this the other day, if you look at those Klopp teams from maybe kind of called five odd years ago maybe six odd years ago he his teams were were getting to semi-finals and quarterfinals and getting knocked out and people often saying he's just not very good at finals he just keeps losing them and then they went on to bigger things obviously and premier leagues and champions leagues so i think things are looking positive whether or not they actually are um i think the next week and a half will tell us but i mean that squad is looking the best that's looked in a long time and the players look hungrier than they've looked in a long time and the players are really likable i mean and and that's also just a function of them trying hard and playing good football and just having a go and playing for the manager so i think things are looking positive obviously post the spurs game it was just a really negative negative spin on things the transfer window wasn't exactly what we hoped it would have been and and I'll, i'll touch on that in a second but Again, we weren't prepared for that Spurs game. Spurs had a, a longer preseason, a longer off-season. They were more prepared. Um, if we look at just the way the goals went in, the Martial red card, it, just was, it was just a really bad day. And I mean, people talk about it like Ferguson never had those days. Ferguson lost 5-0 to, to Newcastle. And he still said after the game, and you can go and Google this, um, he said, I still thought we played well at times. And let's not forget about the fact that he lost 6-1 to City at, at a stage as well. So, I mean, these things do happen. And I'm hoping it was just an off day. And hopefully it kick-started the, the guys um, into kind of realizing the season actually started. And if we look at what happened against PSG, who let's let, let not forget, PSG were runners-up in the Champions League last season. This is a very, very good side. And we absolutely outplayed them on their home patch. It wasn't the 3-1 smashing crab of a couple years ago because we didn't really deserve to to get through that tie. It was there was a lot of luck attached to that. I mean, I'm I'm the first one to to admit that there was a lot of luck. And we managed to get by, but this this time we outplayed them. Solskjaer's tactics were brilliant. The players played well. So, I mean, and even if you just look at the squad on the uh, on the game against PSG now and the game what call it a year and a half ago I mean our squad is looking infinitely better than it was a year and a half ago I mean albeit there were lots of injuries going into that PSG game but I mean the squad now is looking a lot better and I think we aren't and I've said this before I don't think we're too far off of where we need to be in terms of where our squad needs to be I mean I think the midfield is pretty much sorted Pogba, Bruno, Van der Beek, uh, Fred is playing unbelievably well again. Um, McTominay, I think, can still come into his own, and he's still only 23. And then you've got uh, uh, Matic, who, who controls the game beautifully. So you've got those guys. You've got some youngsters coming through. I think I, I genuinely feel like our midfield is really good. I would maybe look to replace 
um, uh, Matic in a season, maybe the end of the season or the season there after with maybe a Ruben Neves type. But other than that, I think we're pretty good. The the fullback positions with Alex Telles coming in on the one side, one Bissaka finding form. Um, you've obviously got Ethan Laird and uh, Brandon Williams coming through at right back because I think Brandon Williams will play right back more now that we've brought Telles in. Fullbacks covered, goalkeepers covered up front. I think we're a little bit short up front. I think Jaden Sancho was... Um, yeah, he, he, I have to sigh after Jay, after I say Jaden Sancho. I think he was the missing piece of a puzzle, but hopefully we can manage to get by without him if if other players come to the party and we get quite lucky with injuries. And who knows how it may go. And I still think we've got um, the the guy coming in from Atalanta, um, Traore. Although I think he likes to be called Diallo. I think it is off the top of my head. Sorry, I should have been more prepared for that. But I mean, he looks he looks an unbelievable player as well. We've got him coming through, Chong coming back from loan next season. So I think there's 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 players there. And and let's see, maybe we get Jaden Sancho at the end of the at the end of the season. I mean, we took six months too long for Bruno, but we eventually got him and he changed things. So I'm just hoping Twanzebi can stay fit at at centre back. We maybe bring in another centre back, maybe someone um in the centre of midfield, potentially. And then we look to bring in a right winger and all of a sudden, this team looks really great. Just a couple things I think that I hope happen, and obviously injuries is one of them, but specifically, I'd love to see uh, Cavani hit the ground running because I think he could be potentially be a very, very important player for us. And I really am desperate for him to have a successful season or two in a kind of Zlatan-esque um, type of way. And, and you know, I don't even think he needs to have a Zlatan-esque effect because Latin played most games I think Latin played I don't want to guess here but I would say 90% of the games available 85 in his first season he played a lot of football because we didn't really have anyone else to lead the line Cavani's not going to be asked to do that he's going to be asked to be a supplementary striker to Martial because Martial's the guy and Greenwood can play off there so I think it's to add a bit of experience maybe if we're looking for a goal in the last call it five ten minutes Carabao Cup game here or there so I think he can have the impact that we hope and the other big thing the most important thing for me is Twanzebi to stay fit I think that for me is very very important to us having um, a, a good season and hopefully we continue our, our story of offloading players Obviously, we, we got rid of a couple of guys in, in the offseason, and I'm hoping we continue to do so in January. If we look at the Premier League list of um, or squad list that were that came out earlier this week, no Sergio Romero, no Phil Jones. So, I mean, good luck to both of them. I've got nothing personal against them, specifically Romero, who I think has done a really good job over the last few years. But I'd like to see those guys go, get rid of them. Rojo, get rid of him. He's got six months left on his contract, but we do have the option for renewal, but we've been trying to get rid of him for two, three years now. So I think if no one wants to buy him in January, just let him go at the end of the, at the, end of the season. Maybe even Lingard as well. Get rid of a couple of the extra guys. Maybe we bring in uh, the, the centre-back from uh, Monaco. He looks decent. He's 19 years old, left-sided centre-back. Or maybe we try broker a deal with, with Leipzig for Upper Meccano a little earlier. I know he's got a 40 million... Uh, euro release clause that comes into play at the end of the season but maybe we say to them guys we'll pay you 48 million euro, uh, million euros and we'll give you rojo on loan or buy you on loan for the rest of the season to kind of cover you maybe we can try try do something a little clever there but i think if we can bring in a center back a center midfielder and a right wing 
within the next two transfer windows, and I'm, I'm including January, I think next season we can we can challenge for a title. I honestly, in my heart, believe that, and I'm a relatively objective Manchester United supporter. And we all tend to get away, uh, get caught up in, in in the hype of things. But I honestly, objectively looking at the side, I think there's a lot of positives. So again, let's see how we go in the next couple of weeks. But for me, I back Solskjaer. He's beaten. He's beaten um, now Tuchel twice. Yeah, he's beaten Lampard three times. He's beaten. Pep three times last season. Pochettino, Mourinho, he drew with Klopp when no one was getting anywhere near them last season. I think he's a decent manager. I think we actually need to put a bit of respect to his name. But even if he doesn't turn out to be the guy, it's fine. He's created an incredible base for the next person to come in. Because like I said, I don't think we too too many signings off of being a really, really good side. And again, if we look at the average age of the, of the team, it's young. It's young. This team has ability to grow into into itself so i'm very very positive the football we're playing is now starting to kick on players look hungry players look like they're back one bissaka was uh, was actually making me quite nervous at the beginning of the season but against psg was absolutely unbelievable i mean let's not forget about the fact that they were playing against a front three of di maria mbappe and and neymar there's not going to be a lot of front threes better than that in world football and he was unbelievable. Twan Zabi was unbelievable. So I think there's a lot of positives, but I'm also cautioning against the false storm thing. But let's see how we go and let's see what happens in the next few games, but let's also see what happens in the next couple of transfer windows. Something I was thinking a little bit about after United's results came out. I mean, they were impacted, they said 70 million pounds by loss of revenue from uh, from stadium or fans. So I think maybe it wasn't the worst thing in the world that we didn't splash out for Jadon Sancho because if you look at what's happening around Europe in terms of COVID, it's absolutely rearing its head again and the numbers are increasing. Um, thank goodness the, the the death rates aren't as as bad as what we experienced in in March, but the number of of cases is going up dramatically, and they're having lockdowns kind of slow, slowly starting all around Europe again. So maybe maybe United do have the opportunity to to buy players for for, for cheaper, and obviously that's not a great thing. And I'm, I'm not taking away from the seriousness of COVID, but from a purely business and football sense, maybe. You can get Jaden Sancho for ninety million pounds next next season. Maybe you can get some uh, some decent players from the French league. Maybe you can buy Dembele, the striker from Lyon, or or the centre back from Monaco for slightly cheaper than what you would get because the French league, I don't think, is as strong financially as what you have in in uh, England as well as in Germany. I think those are the two strongest kind of financial teams from a uh, from a prudency perspective. Um, and also just from a from a from the perspective of keeping our best players, like someone like Paul Pogba, like I don't know if Real Madrid would have ninety million pounds to pay from, or if Juventus even would have ninety million pounds to pay from. So I mean at least we get him for another season. I don't mind if he goes in call it two seasons time, but I don't want too much change because we still need to get quite a few guys out the door and a couple in in the next couple in the next two windows. So maybe in the following in the following uh, window, maybe kind of summer of 2022, we can sell Paul Pogba and bring in someone else. I'm I'm not too stressed about that because then there isn't too much churn of 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 the of the squad at the moment. I still think there's probably ten players that that'll go in the next kind of two to three windows, 
And even guys on on freeze, I mean, Igalo goes at the end of this uh, or at the end of January. Matter's contract uh, may not be extended for for his final year uh, at the end of this season. You've got Rojo, like I said, um, Jones, Romero. You've also got Dallo, Lingard. So there's, there's quite a few guys. And then maybe one of Chung or or James might need to get get sold as well. So there's still a couple of guys that need to go out. And like I said, bring bring in a few players. So once we've got that big churn out the way, then it can be like two or three players in, two or three players out, which is quite a sustainable place to be because you don't want to be churning the, the, the team too much. I mean, even, for example, and this might may come back to bite me, but if you look at what's happening at um, Chelsea, everyone was saying, oh, wow, this is so amazing. They brought in so many players. But a lot of uh, quite smart people around football were saying that they're actually quite cautious around the fact that they did so much um, churn of the of the, of the team because players obviously need to play with each other, build chemistry. You don't want to churn too much. So I think if we can get to a place kind of in the next two transfer windows where we only have to do two or three deals in and out um, uh, a, a transfer window or, or in a season, I think that's a great place to be in. And again, look at how, look at the average age of the squad. It's so young. It's so young. So I'm I'm quite excited and I, I'm still optimistic. Obviously, I was speaking a couple of weeks ago, or sorry, a couple of months ago about potentially winning the FA Cup and potentially winning Europa League. Obviously, that's not great. I would have loved that, but it is what it is. There's still progress being made. And uh, the other thing that I spoke about a few weeks ago was Jaden Sancho and, and how important I thought that was. But it, it is what it is. And I think we can get on without it. And maybe when we start playing two up front and then we... We don't maybe need Sancho as much as we maybe would have if we had played kind of three. And maybe it also just gives time for for Greenwood to actually really come to the party. Although he hasn't started the season incredibly well given kind of what happened on England duty as well as murmurings in the press around um, lateness and disciplinary stuff. So, I mean, it's just rumors. But I hope he kind of gets his head down because I think he's an absolutely generational talent. So I think all all things equal, positive, but let's not get too carried away just yet. Let's see how we go against Chelsea, uh, Leipzig, as well as uh, Arsenal thereafter. And if we beat Leipzig, we then play our easiest game of the group uh, two weeks after that. And if we can kind of get away with nine, ten points, that, that can get you through. And this is an incredibly tough uh, group that we're in. So if we can get six points from six, I mean, we, we may be able to get through. I mean, beating PSG away is an incredible result. And I'm again, I'm positive. But let's see. Let's see. You know, I sort of definitely let me down a few times over the years that I won't lie about. But again, positive. Bring on Saturday. Bring on Frank Lampard. Let's see what Solskjaer can do. Thank you for listening.